Hello, and welcome to Hope Church. We're a local church with chill style, real faith, and no perfect people allowed. Thanks for checking out our podcast. This is a message from our SoCal location in the Santa Cruz, California area. We hope this message is encouraging. If you live near either of our locations, we'd love to have you join us for one of our many Sunday services. All right. Hey, good morning, Hope Church. How you doing? Wow, that's, that was pretty good, actually, for 9 a.m. the Sunday after Thanksgiving. Um, that, was a, that was a pretty good, um, pretty good response. Hey, welcome to Hope Church. We're so glad that you're here. If we haven't met, my name is Tim, and I'm part of the team here. And whether you're here in the room or you're out on the patio or online, we're so glad that you're here. Hey, if you're watching online... Why don't you post in the comments right now, where are you watching us from right now? Where, where are you physically located right now? Not like the bathroom. So like if you have your phone with you, don't, don't tell us that. But like what city? Where, where are you watching us from right now? We have people who um, all over the world really will watch Hope Church and, um, and, and look for uh, something that would bring them hope, right? And that's what we're doing here today. And um, hey, I hope you had a great Thanksgiving. Um, how many of you, let, let's find out what kind of uh, people that we have in this room here today. So how many of you do not care to wait until Thanksgiving to set up Christmas in your house? Like you're like, like you, if, if, if you weren't just like, like socially ostracized, you might just set it up after the 4th of July. Like, <laughs> like you're, and, and we, we, we would give you a pass. We totally would, right? Like it, whatever it takes to help you get through the day. Um, you know, people love, so how many of you are, like my family, are like, as soon as Thanksgiving is over, then you set up Christmas in your house, yeah, okay, all right, all right, we got, we got some of you, there's like, like a husband, wife, one, one raised their hand, one didn't, so I, I don't know what's happening there, we'll, we'll talk about marriage another day, but um, no, we, we, uh, we set it up after Thanksgiving, now, for us, as soon as we're done with the meal, right? Like the Thanksgiving meal. At that point, we're, we're ready. Now, we don't do it. We wait until Friday. We don't do it, but we, uh, we're ready. Like, we're ready to get on with it. We know our time is limited, and we want to get it set up. Um, now, here's our tradition as a family. So we, and if this, if you're the opposite of this, uh, there's no judgment here. This is a no judgment zone, um, but we don't go shopping on on uh, Black Friday, we, we we don't go into the stores. That's that's not our, our deal. We actually get outside. Uh, we go for a hike. We go for a surf. We do something. We get outside and um, and do some stuff. And then we will go up to. We have a, a favorite Christmas tree farm up in the Santa Cruz Mountains, and we'll go up there and cut down our tree. And then strap it to the top of the car, and we will Clark Griswold that thing home, and it's awesome. And we like, you know, as we pass other people on the road who have trees strapped to the top of their cars, you know, we, I give them the nod, like, yeah, you know, like there's like this camaraderie there, right? We strap it on. It sounds more, you know, sort of a big deal than it really is. Have you ever cut down a tree at a Christmas tree farm? Um, 
you're not, it's not like you're cutting on a redwood. You know what I'm saying? Like, like you got the saw that they give you, and, and we, we give, like, each person in the family gets about three, you know, shots at it before the tree comes down, you know? It's like, it's like that kind of thing. But we cut that down, we get it home, and then all, um, and, and then all the, the limits come off, and we get set up. We do all the things. We, the, the eggnog is flowing. Guess we're an eggnog family. And, um, and all the things, we get it rolling, and, and off we go into the holiday season. Um, how many of you feel like the holiday season at times is like a ready, set, go type of scenario? Like for us, as soon as Thanksgiving comes, the next day we go get the tree, the Christmas music comes on. We start doing the things. People start cheering for Christmas. Like it's it's like and and off you go and you're and you're it's it's like a, a sprint to get to the end of the year. Here at Hope Church, we know what that's like. We know that that's that that's the case. In fact, starting next Sunday, one week from today, uh, we're going to be starting our t- 2021 Christmas series as a church, and where it's called Presence. And if you get our emails, um, you got an email yesterday that, that introduced our Christmas series to you called Presence, and it's a three-week series, and it starts next Sunday. All three churches are going to be doing it together. Hope Scotts Valley, Hope SoCal, and the Coastlands in Aptos, we're all three doing it together. And on the third Sunday, December the 19th, we are going to have one service together, all three churches at 10 a.m. at the boardwalk um, in the Coconut Grove venue space there at the boardwalk. So it's going to be Christmas at the boardwalk on December the 19th, 10 a.m. Let me tell you, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not like an active participant in these meetings because I'm not qualified, but I'm listening to our creative team design what's happening on the 19th. You, every, if you've never experienced Christmas at Hope, you, on December the 19th, you're going to want to be there, and you're going to want to invite people. And I'm not just saying that like a pastor, like, hey, invite your, you know, that's not, I'm not just doing that. Like, you want to be there for this and invite people. It's an amazing experience. Put so much effort into it. And we know what it's like. And before we turn January 1 here, and we're going to be in a place where the new year has started, 2022. And so before we get into that, before we dive headlong into that, next Sunday when you get here, this room will be decorated. There'll be like, like we're in, like we're in. Here we go. Uh, ready, set, go. We want to take a moment and we want to just pause as a faith family. And we want to plant a little bit of a seed for what's coming in 2022. We want to sort of prime the pump a little bit. Have you ever primed a pump? If you haven't, you have no idea what I'm doing with my hand right now. You can go Google it, but we're going to prime the pump a little bit here so that by the time we get to 2022, some of this might already be flowing. We believe God is going to do something significant here at Hope Church in 2022. Significant. You likely have never experienced anything like what God's going to do. We believe this. And so we want to prime the pump a little bit. We want to prime the pump, and we want to set the stage for what God's going to do. All right, you ready? All right, so here at Hope Church, we have people who come and uh, participate online or out on the patio or here in the room. Every single Sunday, we have people who say yes to Jesus. 
it's, it's one of the most, if, if, if you, as a, as a pastor, I, I've never been around a church that that happens. And I talk to other pastors and other people, and they just, they, they can't believe it. It's, it's an amazing thing. We know it's happening. Like, like, we know how amazing it is. It doesn't normally happen. Do you know that the average church in America might see one person say yes to Jesus in an entire year? I cannot, I cannot actually remember the last Sunday that we didn't have at least one person at Hope Church say yes to Jesus. It happens every single Sunday. It's a gift that God has given to us. And we don't take it lightly. We want to be responsible with it. And our vision here at Hope Church is to help people find and follow Jesus. So we have people every single Sunday who say yes to Jesus, and they find Jesus in that moment. But what happens after you say yes to Jesus? Like what happens, what is actually happening when you say yes to Jesus in that moment? And then what happens after you say yes to Jesus? And this is what we're going to explore here today. We believe that God wants us to go deeper. And so here's what we're going to do. We're going to, we're going to do a little bit of skydiving today. You ready? We're going to climb up to like 10,000 feet, and then we're going to parachute down. It's going to be safe. It's going to be okay. And then we're going to end with our feet running on the ground again, and, and we'll run right out these doors. Okay? So um, we're going to dive in today. You can turn in your Bibles to the book of... Um, Ephesians, that's where we're going to start. Ephesians chapter 2. We're going to dive right in. Now, as we dive into Ephesians chapter 2, here's the truth that we're going to be exploring here today. This is why you need to listen. You know, I love it when someone who teaches, someone who I'm going to listen to for, you know, 30, 40 love when they help me understand why it's important that, they, that, that I listen to them. Like, you're giving us your time right now, and I want you to know why you should be giving us your time, why it's important. Here's our simple truth we're going to explore today. God wants more for you. That's it. God wants more for you. Some of you today, and maybe today is the day, you're going to be one of those people who say yes to Jesus today. Today day. And we're going to give you that opportunity here moving forward. It's going to be amazing. God's going to give you that, and we're going to lead you in that, and it's going to be so good. Um, we're grabbing another microphone, so no worries, those of you who are, um, who are <coughs> bothered by that as much as I am. Yeah, that's right. That's right. We're professionals. That's why Chris and I never ran track. We couldn't do the baton handoff. And uh, we, <laughs> all right. So um, for some of you, today's the day you're going to say yes to Jesus. For all of us, no matter where you are, if you're saying yes to Jesus for the first time today or you have already said yes to Jesus maybe decades ago, God wants more for you. And in 2022, we believe that God is going to take us deep, that God is going to do something deep in us, that there's going to be a new thing that God's going to be doing that is going to be significant. And so we want to talk about what does it look like when you say yes to Jesus, but also after you say yes to Jesus, because we believe that God wants more for us. We're not content with simply just coming here 
and having a bunch of people say yes to Jesus every Sunday and then going about our business. We want to grow. We want to see God do some things. We, we, we want to we wanna experience new things in God. And so we're going to explore that today. So I give you enough time. Are you in Ephesians? Ephesians chapter 2. Here's what Ephesians chapter 2 says. Paul says this. As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and your sin, in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and of the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. This is what it was like before you said yes to Jesus. All of us lived among them at one time, gratifying the, the cravings of our flesh, following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest of people who haven't said yes to the love of Jesus, we were by nature deserving of wrath. We talked about this last month. We're born. It's in our nature to deserve the wrath of God because we rebel against him. But because of God's great love for us, God who is rich in mercy made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in transgressions. So this is what it's like before you say yes to Jesus. You're in a place where you're, you're dead spiritually. Your, your sin, your rebellion, your, your way has caused separation between you and God, right? We've talked about this over the course of the last month. But God in his great love for us. So we're beginning to see about the moment that you come to the place of saying yes to Jesus, right? Here's, here's what happens. Because of his great love for us, God who is rich in mercy made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in transgressions. It's by grace that you've been saved. It's God's gift to you. And God raised us up. Now watch this. When you say yes to Jesus, here's what happens. God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. In order that in the coming ages, he might show the incomparable riches of that grace. He's going to show how amazingly awesome that grace is by raising you up with Christ. It's expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. This is what happens when we say yes to Jesus. The love of Jesus is put out in front of us as a gift. It's presented to us. And if you're here for the first time, if you're out on the patio, if you're online and you're hearing this for the first time, because of our separation from God, we don't have the ability to be in full right relationship with God. And so God sent his son, Jesus. Jesus came as a perfect man, all God, all man. He lived a perfect, sinless life. And because of that, when he went to the grave, when he was brutally, violently, unjustly put to death, he took with him my sin and your sin. He took him with him all of our sin, took it into the grave, and three days later, when Jesus was resurrected to life, he brought victory over sin and over death and over separation from God. This is the good news of Jesus. And Paul describes it in this way in Ephesians. He describes it another way. Look at this. In um, 1, 2 Corinthians 5, he says this. 
Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, if you've said yes to Jesus, and you're now in Christ, right? You're, you're in relationship with Christ. The new creation has come. The old is gone. The new is here. Now, I don't know what that, what that sounds like to you. I don't know maybe if you've been around the church or the things of God, some of you have, for a long time. And maybe that verse has gotten a little old to you. Maybe it doesn't stir you anymore. Maybe it doesn't inspire in you an awe and a reverence and a spirit of gratitude between you and God. When we are in Christ, the old is gone and the new has come. So, so what's, what's the new? What is new life in Christ? Well, in this moment, when we say yes to Jesus, we receive his love. The old passes away. That's us, the old self, the old selfish part of us, our, our, our human nature, sin nature. When that old passes away and the new has come, we have a fancy word for that in that moment. You ready? Are you, are you, are you ready? I, I tried to give you enough time before I throw out, like, a fancy term. To just kind of get you awake, you know, get the coffee flowing, you know, so you can handle these terms. There's a fancy term for it. We call it justification. We got our word justify from it. And, and the easiest way to remember uh, justify, what it means in, in relation to um, how we interact with God is justify just as if I had never sinned. This is what happens when we say yes to Jesus. We become justified in the eyes of God. It's a legal term that means that our penalty our judgment for the things that we have done, that penalty is taken away. When God looks at us then, he doesn't see the sin that separated us from him. He sees Jesus. We've received the love of Jesus, and now the love of Jesus covers us. It's our covering. And when God looks at us, we're justified. He declares us righteous or right with him. All of the sudden, where we were condemned in our sin, God now sees us as being declared clean and righteous and whole. And actually, this, this spiritual-sounding word, holy, when God looks at us, he sees holiness. He sees the love of Jesus, the sacrifice of Jesus. This is new life in Christ. So in the moment that you say yes to Jesus, if you've ever done that, if you've done that here at Hope Church or you do it today uh, at the end of the service, when you say yes to Jesus, you are immediately in that moment, you are justified before God. He sees you differently. That's justification. Now, that's finding Jesus. Remember, that's one half of our vision as a church. We're here to help people find justification. And follow Jesus. So what does that look like? Well, Paul helps us out. We're going to go to Colossians chapter 3. Now listen to this. You'll see the words up on the screen. Since then, you have been raised with Christ, justified. You have found Jesus. You have, God has declared you righteous. You're no longer guilty in the holy court of law. You are, you are now a child there that is forgiven. Since then, you've been raised with Christ. 
here's what you need to do next. Here's what happens next. Set your hearts on things above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. All of a sudden, when we say yes to Jesus, our view changes. We have a heavenly view instead of a simply an earthly view. We no longer see things only through an earthly perspective, but also through a heavenly perspective. For you died, and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Jesus, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. So then, watch this now. Hang with me. I know we're reading a lot of scripture today. Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. Because of these things, the wrath of God is coming. You used to walk in these ways in the life you once lived, but now you must also rid yourselves of all such things as these, anger, rage, malice, slander, filthy language from your lips. Don't lie to each other because you've taken off your old self with its practices and you've put on the new self, which is being renewed in the knowledge of the image of its creator. In fact, you're going to see people differently. Here there is no Gentile or Jew, circumcised, uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave or free, but Christ is all and is in all. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourself. So, so Paul says, I want you to put off these things, all the things we just talked about, and I don't want to just gloss over that. I know we're not, like I'm covering a lot of ground here today, but I don't want to just gloss over that. When you say yes to Jesus, you start to become more like Jesus. And I'm going to give you another fancy sounding term for that. But you start to become more like Jesus. And you know what happens? When, when, when you start to become more like Jesus, the old way of doing things begins to fall away. The things that you've, died to are going to try to raise to life again in your heart and in your mind. And it's our job through the spirit of God, the power of God to push those things down, to continue to live in who we are in Jesus and not take on the old way of things. And so there are very practical things that 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 uh, applications in our in our lives because of that. Right. It means that. In the Bible, for example, when, when, when I read God's view of human sexuality and I read God's view of sexual practice within the confines of marriage, that then when I say yes to Jesus, I begin to orient myself in that direction, right? Which means that as a married man, if, if I'm having sex outside of my marriage, I stop doing that, right? As a single person, if, 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 I'm, if I'm engaged in that area of my life and I'm not married, I stop doing that. I put that down because that's part of the old way. The new way, the way that God has designed to help my life flourish as a follower of Jesus 
doesn't involve that. So I put that down and I take on the new life in Christ. This is what Paul is talking about. Clothe yourself now. If I've taken off the old ways, I now need to put something on, right? Because, you know. Nobody wants that visual. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's okay. All right. Clothe yourself. Where am I? 12. And I don't, I don't have any, any, verse, any verse numbers here. So here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Do not lie to your, yourself. Since you have taken off the old self with its practices and put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge in the image of its creator. There's no Gentile, no Greek. We're all the same in Christ. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved. Here's what you should put on. Clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, patience. Bear with each other. Forgive one another if any of you has a grievance against someone. Forgive as Jesus forgave you. And over all of these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Let the peace of Jesus rule in your hearts, since as members of one body, you're now called to peace. And be thankful. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom, through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. This process that I've just described, here's your, fancy, your second fancy-sounding term here, is called sanctification. Now, justification is God's declaration about you. God declares you righteous when you say yes to Jesus. Sanctification is your response to God's declaration about you. Sanctification means that I'm going to uh, actively, intentionally pursue becoming more like Christ. And it happens throughout your life. I'm not going to get into like there's like multiple kind of like areas of sanctification. But there's a progressive sanctification which means that progressively throughout your life you are becoming more and more like Jesus. It means in my thoughts and in my actions, in my, the intent of my heart, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to become more like Jesus than I was before. I'm going to have more of Jesus and less of me. That when people look at me, they're going to be able to see what it looks like to be a human being, not a perfect human being, but a human being who is actively following after Jesus. The justification is finding Jesus. Sanctification is becoming more like Jesus. It's following after Jesus. In, this, in, the, in the life of Paul, Paul gives us uh, a beautiful, beautiful example of this in the story of how he came to know Jesus. Paul was, Paul was the leader of the anti-Jesus movement. He was a religious zealot who his job was to go around, travel around, and find followers of Jesus and put them in jail or put them to death. One day as he heads down the road to a city, a city called Damascus, he's heading down the road to go and find more followers of Jesus and, and do harm to them. He meets Jesus. 
he has his say yes to Jesus moment. And he's on the road, and, and it's, it's, a, it's a supernatural experience. Uh, there's no other way to describe it. The, the, there's, a, there's a bright light. Uh, he falls off his horse. He, 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 he you know, cries out and says, you know, who, you know what, do you, what do you want from me, Lord? He calls him Jesus Lord because he knows what's happening. And Jesus says, I have a plan for you. I have a plan for you. I want you to go into the city, and I want you to wait for my instruction. He goes into the city, and a guy, another follower of Jesus, comes in and tells Paul, he is Saul at the time, he tells him, he says, God has a plan for you, and he wants you to follow him, and Paul does. And he follows him, and watch what happens. In um, Acts chapter 9 um, and verse 17, it says this, Ananias, this follower of Jesus, went to the house and he entered it. He placed his hands on Paul and he said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road as you were coming here has sent me so that you may see again and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Immediately something like scales fell off of Saul's eyes and he could see. This was his say yes to Jesus moment, right? He has just been in Hope Church and he's raised his hand and he said, I'm saying yes to Jesus. He got up and he was baptized. That's the first thing he did. If you haven't been baptized, that's the first thing you should do. He got up and was baptized, and after taking some food, he regained his strength. Watch this. Saul spent several days with the disciples in Damascus. He, he gathered in community with other followers of Jesus. This is what you're doing here this morning. At once he began to preach in the synagogues that Jesus is the Son of God. All those who heard him were astonished, and they asked, isn't, the man, isn't he the man who raised havoc in Jerusalem among those who call on the name of Jesus? Hasn't he come here to take them as prisoners to the chief priests? The next thing Jesus did, uh, Paul did was he told others about Jesus. So he embraced community. He told others about Jesus. Saul grew more and more powerful he baffled the Jews living in Damascus by proving that Jesus is the Messiah. He grew in his knowledge and understanding of Jesus and in his ability to live it out. There was growth there. This is who he was. After many days had gone by, there was a conspiracy among the Jews to kill him. Saul learned of their plan. Day and night they kept close watch on the city gates in order to kill him. But his followers took him by night and lowered him in a basket through an opening in the wall. It wasn't all just like rainbows and sunshine for Paul. He also experienced challenges. And so, so here we are, Paul, the author of everything we've been reading here today. This is how Paul lived out his life when the moment he said yes to Jesus. He was baptized. He gathered in community. He told other people about Jesus. He grew in his understanding and in his practice, and he weathered the challenges that came his way. How about you? Where are you when it comes to your journey with Jesus? Are you experiencing these things? What would it look like if, we're, if we were a people who lived as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, what would it look like if we clothed ourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, 
and patience. What would it look like if we forgave others as Jesus forgave us? What would it look like if we put on love or we let the peace of Christ rule in our hearts or we lived a thankful life? What would it look like if we let the message of Jesus dwell in us richly, deeply? What would it look like in whatever we did that we did it all in the name of Jesus and we gave thanks to God because of him? What would it look like if we got baptized? If we engaged in community together? What would it look like if we were to tell others about Jesus? To grow in our faith. And yes, to weather the challenges together because of Jesus in us. Wouldn't that be awesome? Like, isn't that the kind of community that you want to be a part of? I know that I do. I, I want to be a part of something that, that asks me to make a change, to see something change in my life. I want to be called to something significant. If I'm going to give my life to following Jesus, call me to something significant. Like, 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 like call me to something remarkable, supernatural, something powerful. God, call me to something that changes lives. Give me a community of people. Help me to grow in this thing. Help me to walk through challenges with the confidence and the peace of Christ in my heart, right? This is what I want. And we want that for you. And so before the holidays get kicked into high gear, we want to plant a seed in your heart and in your life for more in 2022. God wants more for us. He's going to call us to more. And you know what that means? He's going to ask more of us. He's going to He's going to illuminate some places in your life where you've held on to some things that are, that are holding back the more that he wants to do. And it's going to be amazing. We hope this message encouraged you to take the next steps in your relationship with God. The cool thing is that you don't have to do it alone. There are a lot of ways to, you can get connected here at Hope. Not only do we want you to feel at home at Hope, we'd love to help you find a home please check out discoverhope.church and click connect or just email us at info at discoverhope.church. Lastly, we give everything we can away for free and rely 100% on volunteers and donations to support this ministry. If you'd like to give to the Mission of Hope Church, you can select the give option on our website or text any amount to 831-800-2060. Thanks again for tuning in.